Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back, folks. Mount Westwire podcast officially week one. The college football season. We already have three games in the books, but we have a full slate this weekend. As always, you know who's here. I'm Jeremy Moss, Matt Kennerly out there in California. You ready? You finally ready for a full weekend of twelve games? Let's do this. It's a lot. It's um I'll watch more than twelve. Well, we'll see, but I'm excited. There's a lot of good games this weekend. Well, maybe we'll pump the brakes on that, but half the slate is pretty good. Well, even some of the FCS games have a little bit of intrigue. We'll get to all of them, rest assured, but you know, there's something I think to look forward to for every fan base this weekend. It's week one. You have to for well, yeah. Every people already played, but yes, this is the season is here. We don't have just a couple games throughout the weekend. We have Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, Labor Day weekend, the long weekend of games. You got Monday night football. You got Alabama, Florida State for some non-conference action. If you're not when you're not watching, say Nevada, Northwestern, or we got Hawaii late night playing Western yes. Carolina, midnight Eastern on the app. You can view it on the mainland, folks. Yes. Finally. So before we get going, we have some breaking okay. news here. We're going to discuss um, eSports. <laughs> Just real quick, Boise State has now joined a list of major universities to approve a varsity eSports program. So... For those who don't know, which I don't really know, I know a little bit about it. Here's, the, do you want to guess? I bet you can name this offhand. Do you know the five games are going to uh, offer I, as part I of? I saw the headline a, a few minutes ago. The ones are, or five games. The I ones I remember sorry. off the top of my head are League of Legends, which I know nothing about. Yes. Um, Rocket Same. League, which is easy to yeah. learn, difficult to master, and super fun. Um, <laughs> Exactly. That's a great way Overwatch, to describe it. Which I am totally all about. And then I forget the other two. Hearthstone. Okay. Or Hearthstone? Overrated, but that's sure. And Heroes Heroes which of I know Storm. nothing about. I know Rocket League because I got it recently. I've I'm attempting Overwatch, still much a novice, so don't try to find me to play me online, but I'm getting there. But there you go. Why not? If you can get money to go to school to play video games, why not? Right. And one thing I did notice a fun, oh, not fun tweet, but an interesting tweet. Some college, I think he's like Eastern Iowa, basically calling people a bunch of wussies because there's esports is now. He he made it. He doesn't know what he's talking about because he says they dropped wrestling for for esports. Var, well, technically you have that varsity code name with it. It's not really a title nine sport or a varsity sport as in adding like Boise State's probably probably going to add baseball it's not like that it's just a scholarship it is a sport but activity similar to I would assume if you're like on the choir or drama like you you're part of the play, team that perform the group that performs plays or you or the marching band or something like that that's more attuned to what esports is compared to a yeah, I mean, athletic sports. I was a little bit lukewarm at first when it was starting to emerge, but 
I've kind of come around on it a little bit. Like when we were in Vegas last month for um, for our USA Today conference, getting this site set up. You know, the the very next day was a three day fighting tournament that's been around for well over a decade. And, you know, that's just one kind of arena. You have all these different kinds of games now, which, you know, is a sport in the sense that they require a different kind of skill set. It's, you know, I consider it a little more like chess or, you know, something that's a little more mentally driven or reaction driven than a lot of other games. So it's not a sport in the traditional sense where it relies a lot of physicality. So like golf, you're telling me this is like golf. It's better than golf. It's way better than golf. Let's not, <laughs> let's not go there. Well, you said act limited, like the activity part. I'm like, yeah, golf's sort of a sport. You're outside. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting news. It's um, so maybe we'll have the we'll have the esports beat eventually. Yeah. If, if you know what, if you were a Boise State fan, or if you are a Boise State person who happens to be a part of their esports team eventually definitely contact us at mwc wire on twitter definitely give us a shout out man we'll chat chat you up and one thing that would note which is pretty cool on this it's more it's a well like it says here in the espn article the ncaa does not have oversight um however like organizations are exploring how competitive gaming impacts ncaa which means because people who play video games like my little kid he He's too little to do this, but he'll watch YouTube. He'll watch if people know who Dan TDM is. He watches all those videos all the time. People playing games and people have Twitch accounts. You can get money. You can do this. Is still in play if you're a esports uh, at well what attendee? What do you want to call it? Gamer? I don't know. But you can still make money doing this. So it's more like if you're a like what who was it? Jeremy Bloom did for the Buffalo. So you got money for skiing on the Olympics, but yeah, played college exactly. football for Colorado. You could still make money, which is uh, what you want to see, right? Exactly. Should we get to the football game, I guess, here? Football games, plural. It's also Friday night. Uh, Utah State taking on the Badgers of Wisconsin. Big Ten matchup. Oh, boy. This is going to be a tough one. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a top ten team that, you know, even though the Big Ten is kind of rough and tumble with, you know, Ohio State and Michigan at the top. Badgers are always in the mix, and this year is really no exception. Very true. I chatted with uh, Jake Kukorowski the other day from Bucky's Fifth Quarter for one of our other little podcasts, mini podcasts, I should say we do. Yeah, we went 35 minutes, so go listen to that if you want to get probably a little different perspective. But what he was talking about, they have a couple of things that stood out to me in our conversation. Four true freshmen on their depth charts, two deep. Their backup quarterback's a true freshman behind Austin Hornibrook. And so his big concern, like we're all confident Utah State's not going to unfortunately win as he figures the Badgers will. But if Hornibrook goes down, that could be a big issue for this team because they have a true freshman as a backup quarterback. And they also have a true freshman as, I guess, technically starting running back because they have three deep as the uh, tri-starters. So that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I don't want to kind of get into the what if they get hurt game because, you know, I think – Hornerbrook's probably going to be a pretty decent quarterback. Like, and I, I realize I'm talking about Wisconsin here. Like, they're not going to blow anybody away or anything like that. But if you watched the Cotton Bowl last year, you saw a guy who could play kind of within himself. And, you know, Wisconsin's never going to blow you away on, you know, through the air. But I think with the talent that he has in front of him, and especially behind him in the backfield, 
you know, Braddock Shaw is probably going to be a pretty good running back this year for the Badgers. And so I kind of expect Utah State, you know, they're going to have, I think, a pretty solid defense. But I just kind of expect them to get worn down at some point in this game because, you know, you're talking about a team with a lot of talent and a lot of size, especially on offense. That's definitely the case. I, we didn't mention injuries. We were just mentioning something. I know you don't want to talk about it, but he's just having Ford on a team that people were saying could be a playoff team. Having four true freshmen on the two deep is a pretty big deal. And so that's what our kind of our conversation went around. Not saying, oh, if he gets hurt, but I guess they're good enough if they're on there. They're on there for a reason if they're that good for true freshmen. They do have some injuries at the linebacker position, which are a pretty big deal. They have Zach Vaughn out for the year. And then also a couple weeks ago, um, oh shoot, who was it? Sinchi? Yeah, yeah Jack Sinchi. Yeah, Jack Sinchi. Sinchi, sorry. He is Sinchi. would be like possibly one of the best uh, linebackers in the Big Ten, gone for the year. They'll have a guy come up back, come up from behind him and play well, but two starters are gone. That may lead to some room where Utah State might be able to do something a little bit more on offensively. Particularly, let's just get to it now, the offense. David Yost, the ultimate bro dude back there being the O.C., they're going to go three wide, four wide. They want to run 80 plays a game. Kent Myers' arm is going to fall off after this game. They want to throw the ball a lot. And I think that could be a surprise effect they have against Wisconsin, but not enough to get the victory. But they might see some big plays to like Zach Van Leeuwen or Rontavian Carver, Carver, or Tarver, excuse me, and catch them off guard because they usually don't see this type of offense. But that's about the most I could expect from this Aggies team because – yeah, you have Lindsey, Tony Lindsey, and Lawan Hunt running back. Offensive line loses a hundred starts. That's a lot to ask for, replacing a line that wasn't even that good last year. Yeah, I mean, I think you know the new offense is all well and good, but I think what's going to make or break any kind of upset chance is whether they can get those chunk yards because last year they were a little bit below average across the Mountain West Conference. Like they only had. 33 plays of more than 20 yards, which was you know, tied for eighth in the conference, as far as through the air, rather. And I think if you want to be a pass-first team first, you have to do a little bit better as far as getting those big plays. And, you know, at least, you know, in looking, in reading through what they were able to do in fall camp and the scrimmages and stuff like that, I think that's still kind of the biggest question because, yeah, you know, Myers was able to complete a lot of passes, but they weren't for a lot of yards. And so if there's any change that I'm looking for between your, their last scrimmage in this game, that's going to be it. Yeah, because mm. I remember reading reports from spring practice where they're just chucking it downfield. But there's, there's still going to be a team that Utah State historically, like if you go back to guys like Curran Williams running back, uh, a few Robert other guys Turbin. who are in the NFL, they, who else is the running back? Um, shoot. Yeah, Robert Turbin. Sorry, I'm thinking Bobby Wagner, the linebacker. No, like Robert Turbin with Seattle doing things where they're going to run the ball. They're going to want to run the ball as well. It's not going to be what Mike Leach does or teams going four or five wide. Think of it more of what Oregon does because he was at Oregon before where like Michael James back there and and uh, Marcus Mariota a little bit where, yeah, they're going to pass a lot, but they're going to do a lot of running as well and want to push teams around. So it's not just going to be four or five wide. They're going to side maybe be two backs and three wide receivers but only five linemen they're gonna want to run the ball but they gotta do something because their offense was just 21 points a game last year very stagnant not very good obviously doesn't help Devonte mays went out last year but man they gotta do something to make it exciting and make plays and 
if they can go downfield, they'll open up the running game. It's just I think they're going to have to get the passing game going, then get the running game moving for this game because I don't see how they're going to really push around this Wisconsin defensive front. Yeah, and I mean, to that end, if you look at the size of the dudes that Wisconsin has in their 3-4, you know, it's not listed right off the depth chart, but I can just kind of tell you, you know, they've got a guy right in the middle of nose tackle, Olive Sagapolu, who's you know, six foot two and three hundred and forty eight pounds, Ooh. and the guys who are slated to flank him at defensive end, you know, uh, Alec James and Connor Sheehy are two seventy and two ninety. So you're talking about ends who are as big as the offensive linemen who are going to be blocking. So I mean, so you know, even though they're losing, you know, stars in the linebacker crew, I fully expect them to have a pretty difficult time running the football against this front seven you know even though you know ryan Connolly, who was a former walk-on is going to be replacing a guy like sitchy you know he's probably still going to get like 10 tackles or something like that in this game too. yeah probably in like four tfls yeah of course and i mean so, wisconsin wasn't great at forcing turnovers last year so if myers can take care of the football i think that that gives them a chance to pull an upset but I feel like that's kind of remote, all things considered. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen at all. Oh, we got the final injury report really quick. Hold on. From this, um, here's what they have officially for Wisconsin. Out. Running back Taiwan Dell, wide receiver Kendrick Pryor, George Rushing wide receiver, fullback Jake Whalen, and then the same guys we mentioned out for the year, Jackson C, Zach Bond. And another linebacker, uh, Mason Stoke. E or Stoke. So there's your injury report for the Badgers get this weekend. So this line on the game, because we need to wrap this up. We don't need this podcast to be two hours long here. <laughs> Did you see what the opening line was in this game? I didn't I don't remember what the opening line was, but I know what it has moved to. It opened up as thirty seven in favor of Wisconsin. Yeah, that's a lot. It's currently twenty seven and a half. Still a lot. What's even more int- intriguing is that it opened up as the opening, lo- like the uh, point spread, not point spread, but the over-under, 49, and now it's a uh, 52. Yeesh. They, they're they thinking like a crushing for Wisconsin here. I mean, honestly, that's kind of what I see in this game. I feel like it's a bad matchup for the Aggies. Of course. So what's your prediction? Because I, I have Wisconsin winning. I, like, if Utah State's going to win, they're going to need – Short fields, down Levitt, um, make it pick six or Jalen Davis, do something in the secondary to stop any sort of uh, badger offensive momentum. Short fields, easy points, and this offense just clicks day one and they're going, they're just slinging across the field. But I don't see it happening. But I think that maybe like a, I told him talking to Jake, if it's a 21 point loss, I'm fine with that, and I'm probably going to go like 42-21 for Wisconsin. Yeah, I would take Wisconsin in this game. I have it about 42-10. to 